Welcome to the Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. On this show, every week we discuss a movie and then one of us podcasters suggests the next movie to watch and discuss. All the movies are available from the major streaming services. You can participate with us. Joining me today, I'm your host, Dale Maxfield, and I am joined by Alicia Walker. Hello. Christine Deacon. Hello. Josh Dean. Hi there. Nathan McKinney. Hi. And Zach Rowland. Hey! And Zach selected the movie we watched this week, An Evening with Beverly Loughlin. Uh, but first, we'll be talking about what we've been watching lately. Christine, what have you been watching lately? So, this past week, I watched a lot of kids' movies with my nephews. Um, I watched the second Toy Story uh, for about the millionth time. Yeah. I watched uh, uh, Mulan, the original one. It's good to hear. Uh, yes. <laughs> I have not seen the remake. The live action? Joke. Yeah, I have not seen that, and I really don't plan on it. Um, haven't heard anything good about it, so... <laughs> don't waste your time. Yeah. that's If I had heard anything, it was that specifically. Um, and then uh, when I would get home with spending time with my cousin... With my nephew, sorry. Uh, I would come back and watch... Uh, regrettably uh the new show on netflix uh firefly lane i had seen a trailer for it and it was not great <laughs> what's that one about uh that's the new one with uh katherine heigl and sharon or the sarah chalk oh okay uh yeah um i don't know why i started watching it in particular because <laughs> Catherine Heigl's face really bothers me. Uh, she only has like two expressions and they all look really super annoyed. Catherine Heigl's <laughs> a problem in any yeah, any agree yeah, setting. Exactly. Yeah. And so I watched that whole thing just to like de-stress when I got home. Uh, yeah. And so it made the night go by. Uh, before I went to bed, but other than that, it was deeply unsatisfying. <laughs> All right. Uh, Josh, how about you? Uh, well, um, in honor of this movie we watched this week, I watched another Aubrey Plaza movie called Black Bear. Um, it just came yeah. out this year. Yeah. I haven't um, heard about that one. It's uh, a little bit of a like psychological thriller drama thing that's kind of hard to describe without giving much away but um okay. it's uh it's a three-hander for most of it and um uh she does a really really good job being um it, it makes her stretch her dramatic chops more than uh, in any movie i've seen her in so it's um, not a straight comedy like most of the other things she's in uh, it's not funny in the slightest <laughs> i don't think i wow. even smiled well, she's <laughs> in comedies that aren't funny in the slightest so that's true that's true um, uh, josh can you for those of us who don't know the expression three-hander explain what a three-hander is <laughs> oh three-hander is just three people in the movie uh yeah Great. yeah um, i thought something completely different with aubrey plaza so that, it's more oh, like wow a, it's more like a six-hander then right <laughs> Yikes. That's how you measure so, the size of a horse, right? Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> exactly. Six-hander, you know. Six-hander, yeah. Thoroughbreds. Thoroughbreds. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but I will say that if you're interested in, like, the writing process or, like, how writers go through and, like, 
hone their ideas. Black Bear is a very interesting movie to watch from that point of view. Okay. Uh, Nathan, how about you? Well, so the dam has broken on my attempt to watch all these German movies. Specifically, I got through finally uh, Alexander uh, Alexander Platz, uh, Ber- Ber- Berlin Alexander Platz, which is a something like 14 hour movie uh, by uh, Rainer Werner Fassbender. So once I finally struggled to get all the way through that, and it's it's quite a struggle. I, I'm glad I got through it. Um, it's you know it's one of the few movies I've ever watched about the Weimar Republic, which I think is pretty fascinating. Nating, um, yeah. But the other stuff I've been watching has been pretty darn good. In fact, there's one in particular that I'm excited to kind of introduce to this group next time I get to make a pick. So uh, you know I've watched quite a bit of other Fastbender. I watched a, a Werner Herzog movie, uh, the 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 one about the search for El Dorado, whatever it was called. Oh yeah, yeah, which was I okay. The wrath of yeah, Guerra the Guerri, the Wrath of Aguirre, uh, God, the Wrath of God. Wrath of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an awesome um, movie. So, mm-hmm. um, so, just quite a few things. Uh, Ten Drum was actually a highlight as well. Um, really loved the art direction of that one. Although the kid was really freaky. I don't know if you know anything about the Ten Drum, but basically, it's the story is I don't know something out of like a weird Wes Anderson plot device or something where the kid decides at three years old he's not going to grow anymore. And Mm -hmm. so he throws himself down some stairs and that's the age he looks throughout the entire movie, despite the fact that some 20 years pass and a lot of German history passes. Um, So he has, and it's kind of a racy movie in that it was banned in several places because you've got this three-year-old, well, it's actually more like an 11-year-old playing him, but in all these scenes that would be theoretically sex scenes, because he's actually a 20-year-old in the movie, uh, so it's got some interesting things going on in it. I, I thought art direction wise, it's pretty awesome. So I'm kind of excited about that. I'm a huge Werner Herzog fan. Uh, I actually saw him interviewed live at TIFF in 2019. Um, I attempted to record that on my phone and I succeeded in recording it, but the people running the sound that night only had the mic up for the interviewer who said maybe 10 words. And the rest of it's just Werner Herzog speaking in the room. Um, and I'm about 30 feet away from him with the phone. So you can hear him just fine, but it's a really weird, like, every time the interviewer comes on, it's like, oh, it sounds great. And then it goes back to, so anyway, let me tell you my story about how I stole a camera to make my first <laughs> film. Um but uh, if machines have won again, it seems. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think so. This was the only the second movie of his that I've actually sat all the way through. I, oh, I, man. It's the second. Okay. It's the second attempt wow. I've made at this movie because the uh, first time did not impress me. I didn't get very far. Um, and I can see why I said that the first time, because it's kind of a bear. Um, yeah, but I'm sure he's got better stuff to watch. And I'm kind of I'm, I'm going to try to get Fitz He has Corraldo. one about a bear. Yes, he does have one yes. about a bear. <laughs> you, you should definitely uh, watch one, Fitzcarraldo if you've seen Aguero Wrath of God because it's that's it's, that's my next one. It's a very good pairing. Like it's sort of a metaphor for how they made Aguero Wrath of God. Um, the only other one I watched was uh, I've ever seen was Cave of Dreams. I think well, it's what it was Cave of Forgotten Grizzly Dreams. Man, yeah, right? which one? Grizzly Man. You've probably seen that. Maybe okay, so maybe I've seen okay. three. Yeah, Grizzly Man, like, so. you should never <laughs> play this tape for anyone. 
Uh, that's his, uh, his, that's his, a pretty good impression, Dale. His I big scene. Say. I Agreed. listen yeah. to him a lot, and I watch him a lot. And <laughs> the, the baby Yoda is very cute. I, oh yeah, I've worked really hard on 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 getting him. One of the the Fassbender films I had on Criterion, and it had a uh, general doc about that era of movies. And Fass, uh, of course, uh, Herzog Werner, Herzog was in there, uh, and they talked a little bit about a movie that kind of fascinated me. And I, I'm curious if you've seen it. It's it's about uh, little people. It's like one of his very earliest films. They no, talk kind of extensively about it. I'm kind of curious. I might have to dig that one up and see if it's any good too. But anyways. Yeah. Yep. Um, lots of his stuff is is great. Um, and Fitzcarraldo, I think, is... I don't think you'll have as much, of a, as much trouble uh, sort of stomaching it minute to minute the way that Aguirre is. It's not such a hard watch. Um, Fitzcarraldo has a lot more going on narratively. Um, but the fact that what's happening in that movie is actually happening, like they're really moving a ship a <laughs> over a mountain mm-hmm. and like he was and he was like and we're gonna do this and you know people are gonna quit and people are gonna riot and mutiny and and i don't care i'm going to make with this movie um so it's all good stuff alicia how about you We've been watching a lot of uh, new movies lately, not as much, uh, some TV shows that we've kind of been keeping up with that aren't really anything new necessarily, but um, we watched the other night uh, Nomadland, and I th- I think That's that on my might, list. Yeah, I think that might be my favorite movie so far for this year. I th- I mean, it's kind of an extended year in a way, because uh, a lot of the, the you know big movies are coming out after the new year, really. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I loved it. We watched that last night and I think, um, um, I think Francis McDormand, it was amazing in it. And I love, I don't know who else may have seen it so far. We watched it once it got to Hulu, so we didn't, uh, go see it in the theater. That's, but yeah, that's where it came out. Mm-hmm. Came out Friday on Hulu. On Hulu. Yeah. But, um, really excellent, uh, great quietness to the movie great music um just a a really interesting story really well done i thought um also watched one i wasn't quite as impressed with we watched the nest uh with jude law and i'm trying to remember the woman's name she was in the leftovers and uh, fargo i think season season two yeah carrie coon so um watch that i mean they're both doing pretty good performances especially carrie coon but um, it was fine. It wasn't quite as good. We had some friends who recommended it to us, and so we we thought we'd give it a try one night. That one's actually a little different in that it's one of the few, I think, newer ones that is only available on YouTube uh, to pay for that way, which was kind of different. But um, it was good. I can't say it was super unpredictable. Um, it's more, I think, about trying to highlight some of their acting and some great scenery and things like that. But um, it's, well, it was fine. So uh, Jude Law is married to Carrie Coon, and uh, he's a, kind of a speculative speculative commodities broker, essentially. And he had married, come over to the States from England and married her and was always looking for a better deal. You know, oh, I've got this opportunity. Oh, I, I can't miss this opportunity. So moves back to London and, you know, is trying to kind of claw his way out of, you know, his his poor destitute childhood essentially is is kind of what it comes down to so it's good i mean you you know where it's going and and it it's 
it's fine, but I, I don't. I think you wouldn't miss too much if you pass it by this time. If you got some other stuff on your plate, yeah, I have heard uh, nothing but good things about Nomadland. Um, somebody uh, was recommending it to me a few weeks before it came out on Hulu, and I actually set a reminder for Friday to watch it, and then I've been snoozing it for half a day, every half a day ever since. Um, but like until I'm like really in the mood and ready to watch it. Um, yeah. I've been uh, stuck uh, writing and recording and editing the next Cinemasochists release, which is going to happen tomorrow. Um, we did a new studio recording because uh, uh, our venue, uh, in a couple of weeks, it'll be a year since the venue was open uh, that we haven't been able to perform at. So we've... Uh, started actually doing new shows uh for those uh performances for for the online performances and uh this will be our second one or our third one i guess um that we've recorded that's that's going up new but um i also watched uh a series on netflix uh, sh- a short four-part uh true crime a uh, series called Crime Scene, The Vanishing at C- the Cecil Hotel. I watched it too. So um, I already knew that story. Um, I already knew, like, you know, what happened uh, to the missing girl. Um, so that part of the quote-unquote mystery of it uh, wasn't new to me. But I thought that the way it was told was fairly interesting. I think it was interesting that they spent almost all of part three and four on the fallout of internet sleuths messing with people's lives over what happened. Um, and, and coming to the conclusion that the simplest explanation is the explanation. And that's just what happened. Um, but it was really, uh, really an interesting, an interesting thing. It's not, it's not a uh, must-see documentary series or a must-see uh, true crime type of thing, but it was certainly a good, uh, a good, you know, four hours of Netflix true crime to kind of sate that uh, that particular appetite. Uh, Zach, how about you? Cool. That that's definitely on my list. Um, I've got it recommended to me a couple of times and heard people say, you know, it's it's a good watch. So yeah, it's good enough. You know, I'm gonna get on that. It's a six uh, or seven out of ten. It's not, you know, the greatest, but it's it's sure. it's fine. And I'll take it. Those kind of things you weigh it with how long it takes you to get through it too. So it's like, oh, four yeah. episodes. Okay, then like I can invest in that. Yeah, exactly. like that's an evening. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, for me, no films other than the one that uh, we have for today, but uh, TV-wise, Snowpiercer came back on TNT, so I've been watching the second season of that. Still enjoying it. Um, you know, it's definitely a different uh, version of Snowpiercer as opposed to the film, but I like the first season a lot, and I'm enjoying the second season and where they're going with it. Um, I think it still has a lot of the same qualities as the film. Uh, and, uh, it's still pretty risque for TNT. I mean, you know, cable TV, um, definitely some stuff in there that you wouldn't expect to see necessarily in terms of, uh, you know, showing certain scenes or, uh, topics, let's say, um, is TNT trying to become a, uh, like prestige cable network with that show? 
I don't know. I mean, it, it kind of seems like that. Like this is right now. It seems like the flagship show um, because they they definitely are banking on the success of the film, and uh, of course, you know, with the direct the original director's success. Um, he's an executive producer on it, but um, it's directed by other directors. But well, the yeah. the movie was Bong Joon Ho, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so you know, he they're, they're the still parasite and mother and yeah. Um, so it still has a lot of his feel to it, but it's different. It's a different story, so it's good. Yeah. And um, I think we've talked about Snowpiercer before. Had, Josh, yeah. have you read the comic? I have not read the comic. No. Okay. I thought somebody on here I think had. Aaron has. That's probably right. Yeah. Because he had. Last time we I talked about it, we, we chatted about a little bit about the comic and all that. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, I started the morning show on Apple TV uh, with um, uh, Steve Carell and uh, Jennifer Aniston. Just got through the first episode. It's heavy. Uh, it's a It's a heavy show. Um, there's, there's some good humor in it, but, uh, yeah, the topic, uh, what it's about is, you know, it's, it's heavy. Um, uh, it's basically, you know, he gets outed, uh, as part of the me too movement. Um, very similar to Matt Lauer from the today show. And, uh, yeah, it's, it, 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 it's home with a lot of the stuff that we've been seeing. Does he have a magic button on his desk? Uh, I don't, I haven't gotten that far. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> um, in the first episode, you don't get too much into him necessarily. It's about the reaction of everyone else around him kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but still good. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to getting through it. Um, but the, the big one, the one that I've been really uh, just loving and getting through and based upon recommendation from, I believe, uh, Nathan and Alicia is Ted Lasso. Oh my God, it shouldn't be that good. Right? It's so good. It's I insane. Know. It's super <laughs> funny. It, it, it's the best character he's ever done. By oh, for far. sure. For um, sure. It's inspiring. It, it's just so amazingly well done. Yeah, I, I was just really surprised. Ugh. Like every episode, and I, I just finished it last week, and every episode I was yeah. like, it's still good. Yeah. Why, why is this still good? This shouldn't and, still be good. Well, and it touches on some heavy it. stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to hear that 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 not only Apple, but uh, Jason Sudeikis can make a quality product. Right? <laughs> I'm just as surprised as you are, man, because yeah. you know my feelings on Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> right. And I was like, okay, I'll watch this. And you know my this feelings on Apple, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, with our two feelings combined, uh, this is Ted Lasso. Um, so, uh, yeah, I highly recommend that. If, you, if anybody has Apple TV, that's got to be a, a watcher because, man, it is good. And I really hope they do a second season. Um, it, was, it was a fun watch. It was good. Right on. Well, uh, our movie this week was An Evening with Beverly Loughlin. Uh, it was suggested by Zach. Uh, I believe none of us had seen it before. Am I correct in saying that? Correct. I am correct. Yes. Okay. Um, Josh, let's start with you. What did you think yeah, of An God, Evening with Beverly Loughlin? Son of a... Yeah, so... Um, Comedy is subjective. Let me just start by saying <laughs> Yes, it is. <laughs> and sometimes you're on the wavelength and sometimes you're not. And um, this was the first a murderer's row of funny people. Just the, the casting person alone should be commended for getting all these funny people in one movie together. 
that said let alone uh, a, a one million dollar movie or one million dollar yeah exactly Whoa. yeah um i i laughed a couple of times um <laughs> and i really would love to see the script to see if there were any jokes in the movie or if it was just <laughs> act weird as a stage direction or it was all uh, in the characters yeah it, yeah it's all in the performance it's all like this let emile hirsch go nuts uh, like bruce mccullough and uh kids in the hall or um yeah. Yeah. Emile Hirsch uh, was channeling Jack Black in this movie. I could see that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, absolutely. Like uh, from uh, Bernie. Yeah, I said oh, that yeah. same thing. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, exactly. Um, the uh, the one shot that does stick out in my mind that I still laugh at every day when I think about it is Craig Robinson on the gazelle not using it correctly and just swinging back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> That made me laugh very hard. Um, He's just making like the humping motion with it. Exactly, yes. (laughs) Which is also how Craig Robinson and Audrey Plaza swim in this movie. They just sort of hump the water on their way across (laughs) the lab. Yeah. That's very true. Um, Yeah, I I felt like you get Craig Robinson and you don't let him talk for most of the movie. That's that's a bit of a shame. Um, Yeah, it just... it wasn't on my wavelength, but I don't hate it or anything. I didn't think it was like, you know, a contemptible film. It's just not my particular cup of tea for comedy. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Alicia, how about you? So we started watching this movie and like the first 30 minutes, I was laughing pretty hard. Like I, I was like, Oh, this is good. Oh, I, I'm just just looking at these people. I'm laughing. This is hilarious. Yeah. I I text a friend who appreciates what I think is this kind of humor, and I was like, "Have you have you heard of this movie? You've got to watch this movie. This is great. Pull up a trailer, watch it." And so then, after about 30, 45 minutes, I realized we had left the oasis and we'd hit the desert. And I <laughs> I didn't laugh that much more at all. And I don't know if it's because now I got it, like I got the shtick, like I, I computed it, I've appreciated it, and I need something new. Yeah. And there just wasn't anything new. I felt like the story then started to just drag. And I'm like, where is the end? Like, I'm just waiting for the end to come. And there were still unexpected things that happened. I mean... Shane with the cake at the performance was just weird. And, you know, the fact that they're, I liked all the Scottish, we're, we're going to sing Scottish tunes from, I don't even know when, like Leprechaun Days. I don't know what was happening. Yeah. But so there are things I still kind of appreciated about it, but I didn't laugh anymore. You know what I mean? Like, and sometimes I would say, okay, that's funny. Like, I acknowledge that's funny, but like, no, no sounds. Yeah, like, that was concert nothing. was like, it finally went full flight of the Concords mode yeah. when that started. And I think the delaying the concert one more night, one more night, like then it, I was building it up. And just, I thought it was going to be some kind of a mesmerizing, hypnotizing kind of thing happening. I didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but I don't know. I just, so then the movie ended and I texted my friend and said, Never okay, mind. scratch that. Scratch that. <laughs> I don't I don't know if you want to watch this movie. And then about 2 hours later she texted me back and said too late. And I was like, oh, "Okay." But it was actually kind of funny because uh, we had recommended well, Nathan had recommended to her The Greasy Strangler. And we start watching this movie not knowing 
It's the same director first, and a lot of same yeah. people. And so she texted me when I first said, hey, you should watch this. She said, it's not another greasy strangler, is it? And I was like, no, no. And then she texts back and says, like, you bitch. Like, it's that 100% was another greasy strangler. <laughs> the same people. And I was like, oh, sorry about that. So, yeah, I mean, it's like Josh said, there's fun stuff in it. But, you know, and stuff I acknowledged was funny, and I just thought it was a lot funnier at first. I think I just got, it needed to be like 30 minutes, or it needed to be 45 minutes. And I would have thought it was the bomb, and then it would have been fine. Yeah. Uh, Christine, how about you? Yeah, I agree with all this, because it's like one of those shows that all these people are in, the sketch comedies and different things, where they are 30 to 45 minutes, and this kind of humor works in that fit that time slot and so it's kind of like dragging that out and it's the humor works for that amount of time and then i feel like we're all in that one scene where jermaine clement's like i'm trapped under the eyes who is beverly Lufflin? <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> yeah and so <laughs> We're all at that point in this movie, and when we finally get that big reveal, it's like, okay, well, that wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it was going to be. I think he and Matt Berry were the only ones that consistently made great choices, where yes. every line they delivered was was perfect. Yes. <laughs> I'm not a fucking doctor. <laughs> oh, I've got a Matt Berry line coming up. Just wait for my turn. Oh my god, I love Matt Berry so much. Yeah. When I saw him, I was like, "Yes," because I I recently, like a couple months ago, had rewatched Toast of London. Yes, and yeah. that show is the best. Ugh. I can't wait. They're apparently remaking or redoing it in Hollywood, and it's going to be called Toast of Tinseltown, and I'm so excited. Yes, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I yes. I primarily know him from uh, IT Crowd. Oh, that's great too. And Dark Place is amazing. Yeah, and uh, what we do in the shadows. Yes, it took a lot. It took a lot to replace the original Denim Renum, who yeah. was my favorite character on the show. <laughs> he was great. He he was just so awesome. And then yes, <laughs> Matt Berry came along, and he was great in his own way too. So yes, that's very true. Uh, Nathan, how about you? Yeah, I mean whoever cast the casting director deserves all the credit for this one. As far as I'm concerned, um, I, I agree with everything everybody has said. I, I'm not sure I can really add a whole lot. I mean, I actually really liked the greasy strangler. I actually I did saw too. that. In, I like it. A lot I saw it in a theater and I, and I, it's a weird ass movie. Yeah. I mean, of, of weird ass movies that I've seen in my life, which has been quite a few starting with like Amazon women in the moon and all the ones in between, you know, but it has some, it has some advantages over this movie. Well, it's got the gross out factor that is incredible, but in this one just doesn't quite have that. I mean, it's got some little things maybe, but it's just not even on the same level. It doesn't have the same stall that Alicia was talking about where the plot doesn't just come to a halt for 25 minutes. Yeah. Um, like this one does, you know, the whole thing about like the, like once they get to the hotel in this movie, it just, the plot just kind of dies. Um, and in the greasy strangler, like they're always moving the plot forward. It doesn't take place right. in the same location all the time. 
That well, and stuff. the cast in that movie was so great too. In fact, the one character that they, the the one actor that they brought over to this movie was one of my favorite characters, which is one of the, the really tall Flobar skinny guy. Is his yeah, name the, the the tall skinny guy that uh, works at the restaurant and yeah. he goes on the capers with them, wears the wig. He's Carl. right up there with all those casts. I mean, I really kind of think he he's like this unshown shining. Uh, uh, actor that really just needs to get in more of these types of roles because he's 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 just fascinating to watch on screen and every second he's in it, but almost steals the scenes. Yeah. Um, but I honestly kind of think you know honestly if it wasn't for you know, um, uh, I'm looking down. Jermaine, if it wasn't for Jermaine, I mean, I'm not sure this movie would have floated as far as it did for me because I I was like 45 minutes into it laughing hard i mean and i i kind of wished we had been chewing a pot gummy or something because i think it would have been just that much better um <laughs> i i think they 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 made a big mistake in not jumping straight into the amazing night i know that that's the title of the the movie was why they had to kind of hold it off on that but i think they could have just carried on with the characters a little bit further and done something interesting after that and it would have been a better movie because you weren't waiting for this crazy event yeah uh but I, I kind of love it for its own existence. It's one of those that I'm just really super glad it exists in the world. And someday I'm going to probably rewatch this and, and appreciate it just a little bit more just for the silliness of it. Yeah, I, I was talking before um, everybody was in the meeting about how uh, I could have done with about 10 more scenes with Maria Bamford. Um, than we got. Yes. Um, yeah. But the four scenes that she's in are hilarious. Um, she's, she's, uh, called the elegant woman in the, in the cast list. Uh, she's like Craig Robinson's like first wife or whatever. Right. That he left her for Aubrey Plaza's character. Um, so there's all that going on. Yeah. So, um, my, my take on this movie is very similar to Alicia's, I think for the most part in that uh, the first act was fantastic for me. I really enjoyed it. Um, Particularly the, the three guys at the restaurant, um, Emile Hirsch, who was like skinny Jack black in Bernie um, sky Flobar, who looked like a messed up Matthew McConaughey in this movie. Uh, (laughs) And then there was the other guy, um, his name's Zach Cherry. Zach Cherry. Those three guys and the Indian store guy. That was all of that stuff was right in my wheelhouse. And I, I actually made the note that this comedy tone and writing reminds me of Safe Men, which is my favorite movie of all time. So it, it started out really great for me. Um, I love Jemaine Clement. Uh, I think Aubrey Plaza is okay when she's given the right role. Um, I'm not a huge fan of her as a lead in a movie um, because there's kind of a limit to what she's good at and what, you know, what you expect out of her. Um, She didn't do anything that surprised me in this movie. And so that kind of robs some of the humor aspect of it. Um, A lot of comedy is surprise. It's about, someone going in a direction you didn't expect or, you know, coming to it, coming to the punchline before you think of what it is. And, you know, 
this is just April Lethgate with a different name again. Um, I kind of had that issue with her character. Um, and I would say, honestly, I would have been happy with just the four guys from the beginning having the whole movie and it just being this caper between the people at the restaurant and the people at the, at the convenience store and maybe Jermaine Clement, like trying to hash out, you know, the revenge plan. Um, but he just happened to on, on by being at the laundromat. But instead, all of that is set up for him and Audrey, Aubrey Plaza to end up in the hotel. Um, they keep Beverly Loughlin this this giant mystery. Um, he, he walks around and grunts, and Matt Berry has all the heavy lifting to do uh, with that part of the character. Um, like I said, I was really excited when Maria Bamford all of a sudden shows up. Um, and just like spews venom at Aubrey Plaza just randomly. I thought that was all she was going to do in the movie and it was going to be like the funniest shit I'd ever seen. Um, but, uh, uh, I wrote down quite a few things. Um, some lines like, so you're going to have problems with your marriage now that your wife is fired. Um, (laughs) that was like one of the first like safe men esque lines that really got me. Um, I, I got from IMDb reviews. A lot of people were comparing this to Napoleon dynamite, which I can see, um, particularly the ending. Like once it kind of gets more music centered, um, that feels very like the dance at the end with Jermaine Clement and Aubrey Plaza is a very Napoleon dynamite kind of, uh, set up. Um, I wrote down the line, uh, my my favorite line of Aubrey Plaza's from the entire movie, which was, "I'm going to take a bath. Why don't you watch TV?" <laughs> um, I wrote down that Craig Robinson uh, it plays Frankenstein as Beverly Loughlin. Uh, I wrote down Jermaine Clement saying, "I'm going out and I'm going to feast on snacks." <laughs> um, also, his line. The first store said they wouldn't have them for a month. And I said, that's no use. It's a monthly cycle. Um, And my absolute favorite line of the movie is when Emile Hirsch presents Aubrey Plaza with the terrifying birthday cake and Matt Berry walks off stage. And as he's walking off stage, he said, I've had enough of this shit. Like perfect delivery and just perfect. Like, well, fuck this. (laughs) <laughs> and goes down and like knocks him out or whatever. Um, but yeah, um, I was thinking about the greasy strangler before I realized there was a connection uh, between them. I think mostly because of Same here. Sky Elabar um, being in both. And I felt, and there was a couple of other people that were also in the greasy strangler, but they played much smaller roles in both movies. Like the guy that was the DJ, at the hotel, who's named like Valerie or something like that. Uh, he's in both of them. But was the hotel clerk in both of them? Because he looked really familiar too. I don't remember what else he's been in, but yeah. Because he was great too. Yeah. Every the, line, he, he nailed everything. The guy that looked like Meatloaf? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, I don't know. 
they they certainly couldn't have told this story in 30 minutes, but I will say that by by the time it got to like 70 minutes, um, I was ready for them to to wrap it up and have it be like a 90 minute comedy. And instead it's 108 and it really doesn't need to be. And then there's even like a like a quasi mid credit sequence that wraps up the the Craig Robinson uh Matt Berry they have like one extra scene after the credits start um weirdly the whole setup of the movie the whole Emil Hirsch uh gang and the convenience store guy don't get a resolution like their story is just abandoned the the last thing that happens is that birthday cake and then they're just out of the movie um, which I think is sort of a waste. Like it should have had, like I, I would have rather seen that in the end credit somewhere than, you know, more Beverly Loughlin. I felt like his story had been told by that point. But uh, uh, I did like the fact that like every bag of chips in the movie had like that crazy Indian guy in the turban in it. And like it all obviously <laughs> came from this one convenience store that had like whatever it was, the magic grain Grains uh, of paradise. The grains of paradise. Grains of paradise. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, let's uh, we'll put Zach out of his misery here and say, "What the hell, Zach?" Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So I uh, so much with this film, but I, I recently watched it. Probably I don't know a month or so ago, and my wife put it on, and she's like, "We should watch this." There's some people in it that we know, and there are a couple of actors that are in it from the UCB that I've uh, worked with and performed with and done some things with. Zach Cherry being one of them. Um, okay. The other guy, I can't remember his name, um, but he's the clerk at the hotel. Um, yeah. He's a UCB guy. Obviously, Aubrey Plaza use, is UCB. So there's a lot of UCB people in here that I'm I've come across. So well, that's your wife one- loves Aubrey Plaza, right? Oh yeah, she's a huge <laughs> fan. Just let me t- ask my wife about Aubrey Plaza, and she's got so many nice things to say. Uh, um, which so it actually is. It was kind of surprising that she put on an Aubrey Plaza film because she fucking hates Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> uh, she she coached Aubrey Plaza when she was just a improviser coming up through the whole thing, and there's a whole history there with her and Aubrey and. Neil Casey, who's a guy who's on um, a bunch of other stuff right now, Avenue yeah. 5 and stuff like that. Um, so nonetheless, uh, that's my connection to the film, at least, is that I know some of the people. Um, and then so we put it on and I at first was like, what the fuck are we watching? Uh, I definitely laughed a lot. Um, it was just silly. Um, and then upon the second rewatch, I still had those same laughs. But I agree with you guys that it does lag at a certain spot. And, um, you know, I definitely could feel that the second watch through, um, I still had fun with it, but you know, like I, I don't ever expect anyone to enjoy this film. <laughs> uh, Jacob Wasaki is the name of Jacob the, Wasaki. the clerk, the, yes. the hotel clerk. Yes. Uh, and I, uh, I didn't perform with him, but I ran into him a couple of times at UCB in Los Angeles. He's a nice guy. Um, he, uh, he did warmups for me before one of my Herald auditions. Ooh. Oh, right on. <laughs> Stupid insider improv stuff. Uh, he um, was in pitch perfect. And that I think is the only other thing on his, uh, IMDB list that I have seen. Yeah, so he, w- he's recently was on a new episode of the Reno 911 Quibi season. Yeah. I see um, that. I, I yeah. haven't watched that though. 
Yeah, it's a small bit part, but yeah. I think he's still working on being an up-and-coming <laughs> comedian in a lot of these things, but clearly is, yes, like the meatloaf style of things, but also has that sort of like Chris Farley-ness to him, or he's trying to yeah. kind of... You know, there's some movie he he reminds me of, and this is this is going to be really unhelpful unless somebody can can read my mind. But he <laughs> he reminds there's some older movie with an actor that would probably be the right age where he was more of like a child star, where he's like a fat kid and they make him eat a bunch of food and he just like he he just does it. Um, Matilda. Kind of like that, yeah. That might be what I'm thinking about. Where, he, where she makes him eat the chocolate cake? Yes, that is what yeah, I'm br- thinking of. Okay. <laughs> Little Brucey? Yeah. But that's he's not that guy. He's actually probably no. too young to be that guy. <laughs> yeah. Because he's probably in his early 20s now, so. And Matilda was like 25 years ago, so. Um. So, yeah, like... Uh, I think that there was a lot of just moments in this overall, the story. Yeah. It's not that sharp. Um, Unfriended. I'm sorry. I completely brain farted. That's where I've known him. That's where I know him from. Uh, that's the that terrible Jacob Wasaki. <coughs> that's that terrible um, Skype ghost movie that all takes place on a computer screen. And it's a group of friends hanging out. He's the kid that puts his arm in a blender in the trailer. Oh, yes, I remember that now. I haven't seen it, but I do remember that now. It's a horrible movie, but it's hysterically yeah. funny. It's hysterically funny bad. Uh, yeah. Um, so, Sorry. yeah, I, I, it's all good. I, I, I just thought it, I honestly just wanted you guys to watch it to see the reactions because it is such a just kind of shit show sideways situation. And um, I don't normally pick movies that I've seen before. So I thought this would be fun. It's just one that I had a connection to. And uh, just to get everyone's reactions, which were gold chef's kiss, everybody. Thank you. Um, it really, it really makes, it really makes it worth it. Um, you know, cause I, cause I know like this is like Josh said, it's subjective. Humor is subjective. Sometimes you're on the same wavelength. There's stuff that I've watched that people like, just for example, flight of the concords. I don't like, yeah. like, and I like all the people that are involved with flight of the concords, but I just don't like flight of the concords. It's just so I weird. I think part of flight of the concords yeah. is, I think you kind of have to either be like a big music person or uh, an actual songwriter to really, really get into that show Um, because the the songs that they make for that show are just unbelievably funny um, for what they are. So, yeah, that was my gateway into that show. I hadn't seen an episode at all and I bought a soundtrack and I was like, this is phenomenally hilarious did you see the like special they did a couple years ago on netflix there was like a flight of the uh, concords concert i think i might have watched part of it okay yeah and where i was more in the tenacious d side of things yeah um i'm like a huge tenacious d fan i've gone to concerts i've seen them you know live at comic cons uh my uh wife uh dated kyle gas um so you know just just uh, all (laughs) kinds of good connections to the old tenacious d yeah um uh i had a a, i had a moment with jack black in los angeles when i first moved there um so for me at that that's yeah those that's that's my flight of the concords is tenacious d but that's neither here nor there Yeah, um, and there's another Napoleon Dynamite connection, which is Jermaine Clement uh, was in a movie called Gentleman Broncos, 
which was uh, a movie by the same writer directing uh, team that did Napoleon Dynamite. They did Napoleon Dynamite, Nacho Libre with Jack Black, actual Jack Black, and uh, and then uh, Gentleman Broncos, which um, I I love Napoleon Dynamite. It was one of my one of my favorite theatrical experiences. Um, it's a movie that a lot of people don't like and don't get, uh, particularly when they just watch it by themselves and have this hype of it's supposed to be really funny because the awkwardness really only works best with a crowd. If you're seeing it with a group of people, it's really hilarious to watch everyone else get uncomfortable with you. Um, but, uh, you know, I can see where other people don't care for it as much. I thought Gentleman Broncos was a really solid comedy um, overall, and he's he's kind of the big name in that that movie. This also reminded me a little bit of Eagle versus Shark. Yeah, you want some more Jermaine Clement uh, awkwardness? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there was a lot of good lines in this too, just all throughout. Um, stuff like I loved like the, the stupid cappuccino stuff. Um, with the cappuccino at the that restaurant, um, yeah, and then he squirts like the foam in it later, and he's like, "That's yeah. a good cap. It's a good fucking cappuccino." Their use of the word "fuck" in this film also just all over the place. Whatever that like rum rambler drink that Jermaine Clement's oh, drinking with the tootsie roll. <laughs> the tootsie roll. <laughs> Two more. Oh my god! And he never a rum ate and a the ramble. A yeah. rum and a ramble. Yeah, yeah I love that was a rum good. and a ramble. And I, I, uh, I like that Aubrey Plaza also orders two drinks and is drinking <laughs> from both of them at the same time. Yeah. She has like two straws uh, in her mouth and she's drinking them both down. Uh, the uh, part where Zach Cherry goes in uh, to see if she, if uh, Beverly Loughlin is in the ho- the hotel, and then he goes to the captain's thing, and and he's like, "You can go wait in the captain's lounge." And then the guy's is like, the "Captain is in there? the captain in his lounge?" <laughs> like, no, he's and not then, in there. And then it's like the the first mate, and then they end up hooking up. But then while they're having sex, he's like, "I love beer. I love cold beer." And she's like, "I'll bring you cold beer." <laughs> <laughs> well, and that sets was- up. That sets up this the 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 scene where they get the money back. Yeah. Which yeah. should kind of be the end of the movie. Like that's the end of the what we started from. And that yeah. scene is like shown as so inconsequential. It happens during the concert, right. which makes sense because that's their distraction. But it's just him and the random bartender that he hooked up with. And um, like she's all excited to help him and sneak him in and yeah, yeah. Uh, I love Craig Roberts. Well, finally, when Craig Robertson gets to talk, but then he goes to the whole uh, thing about losing love and leaving love behind, and then he sings about being a football referee, <laughs> <laughs> which is very flight of the Concords. Uh, <laughs> so good, uh, just like yeah, it's like overall, like yeah, it's 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 not a good story complete in any fashion, but man, some of the moments just yeah. rock you in terms of comedy and just and yeah, it's all about the execution and the moment and you know what what, what looking at the script like is that how it is in the script or did they change it around? Yeah. It seems like some improvisation definitely had to occur because right. there's some just beautiful moments. Well, I feel like um, they, they may not have one, but I, I felt like the, the part of this movie that I would have enjoyed the most if it existed was the gag reel is yeah. there has to be some gag reel of people just losing it. 
Um, and it doesn't happen often, but if you've ever seen gag reels involving Jermaine Clement, uh, like dying laughing at something that he's not supposed to, he has the funniest laugh. Like his real life laugh is the funniest thing. (laughs) He's he's just like, "Ah!" (laughs) it's the weirdest, (laughs) funniest thing. It's, it's right up there with, uh, that like squeaky noise that the Indian convenience owner makes when he's trying oh, to get yeah. someone's attention. Yes. Um, yeah. With Jermaine too. I loved his stories in the, like talking about <laughs> the Colin Keith story. And then, Oh yeah. my God, the candy for the poopoos was just like, Oh, uh, while they're at dinner, nonetheless, one and time just- I got 14 pieces of candy. <laughs> That I will say that was probably the last big laugh I had in it. Like it was, I hadn't been laughing a lot, and then he said the uh, fourteen pieces of candy, and I did lose it for a minute. Yeah. Um, Still, I mean, Matt Berry saying I've had enough of this shit. At just the timing of it, when it happened, like it was toward the end, and uh, that that was the line that got me the most. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah every every character every every performer really brought something w- at one point or another, but cohesively it, it, it's a shit show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thanks I, for indulging me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, and it, you know it makes me wonder, like I just I don't know, based on my own on my own biases, maybe I'm you know maybe I don't see this the way that other people do, um, but my sort of frustrations with the range of Aubrey Plaza may have a lot to do with how I took this movie because she basically becomes the main character. Um, once she gets into the hotel with Jermaine Clement. Um, so like I was cool with her being like the fired employee slash wife of, Emile Hirsch's character. I thought she was funny there, but then when it started like centering around her, I just didn't think she was strong enough to, to keep the comedy up or to even just be enough of a good straight man to what Jermaine Clement was doing to make it work um, for what he was doing. And he was, I mean, he was working his ass off to make, you know, to get the laughs, but it, I, th- I think the movie's a little bit under underserved, um, with her role, I think it needed to be a little bit stronger than it was. I, I mean, honestly, even that, you know, Hildy or whatever she was called, the the barmaid girl <laughs> might have been funnier in that role. I don't know. But yeah. So um, Beverly Loughlin, guys. Uh <laughs> Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I mentioned safe men. I mentioned the greasy strangler. I would definitely recommend those movies. Um, if you like this or we're looking for something like this, but a little bit more, um, like I said, safe men is very much about like, uh, really weak men who are trying to be sort of gangsterish and, and just aren't, uh, very much like the guys from the restaurant at the beginning. Um, that's that's sort of the whole story of Safe Men. And every character in the movie is hysterical in their own way. Um, an, it's an early Mark Ruffalo movie, uh, an early uh, uh, Sam Rockwell movie, 
um, and an early Paul Giamatti movie uh, from 1998. That's just fantastic. You might be, even be able to see it over my shoulder here. There's like a reflection in this poster that's up on the wall. That is a poster of safe men. So, um, and I thought the greasy strangler, which is the movie this guy made uh, two years before was uh was a better movie. Um, that one I'd heard about through uh, Jay Bauman on red letter media. Um, I think they reviewed it for uh, half in the bag and talked about how silly that one is. So um, do you guys have any other suggestions for people listening? Um, I would say uh, this reminded me of Tim and Eric's million dollar movie a little mm. bit. Um, yeah. And that, yeah, for me, there were about 20 minutes of comedy, but it lasts about an hour and a half. So, um, <laughs> which isn't a great suggestion then. That's what I was going to say. Recommendation from Josh. Just saying, if this movie was up your alley, then maybe Tim and Eric's movie will be up your alley too. I do love Tim and Eric. Yeah. There you go. I mean, it's it's a different type of movie, but I think this is about as gonzo. Uh, and, and I'm going to give you two titles by the same director. One is uh, Rubber, and the other is Deer Skin. Both of those two movies, they're just kind of like bad shit there. insane, shit balls. Yeah, Rubber is about a killer tire. It's but it's so much more because it gets so weirdly meta. It's. I, I've never seen a movie quite like that particular movie. Yeah. And then and then Alicia and I watched Deerskin. I think we were out of the country or something. I don't remember. No, we were here was when COVID first started. We rented it from Tivoli or something. Oh, that's right. It's nearly as good on its own level. Just It's just different. But uh, that one's about a guy that has a deerskin coat that he purchases, makes a special purchase, and then the coat takes over his world and asks him to murder anybody that has another coat, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I don't need to tell you it's anymore. Good. It's just a weird-ass yeah. movie, it's but fun. somebody, it. It's great. <laughs> somebody that came to a Cinemasochist show told me I should watch Rubber and do a riff on it, and I watched it, and I was like, this is already a comedy. There's nothing to do with this. <laughs> um, it would it would be like uh, uh, trying to do uh, a riff of Turbo Kid, which knows exactly what it is and and is an awesome comedy action movie in and of itself. Uh, that one, if you guys haven't seen uh, and you don't mind uh, the, the old ultraviolence, as they say in uh, uh, A Clockwork Orange, um, it's it's very very funny. It's a movie that sort of has an '80s pastiche to it. It's it's sort of a uh, uh, an ode to like Mad Max type movies. Um, has like a synthwave score. Uh, Michael Ironside is the main villain in it, uh, and it, it, it's like this kid has to become turbo kids that he can fight Michael Ironside. And, uh, um, it's just great. It's, it, it's actually a hysterical, uh, comedy movie, but, uh, they do some things with gore that, uh, that will, that will blow your top. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, uh, it is uh, Christine's turn to select a movie. What would you like for us to watch 
for next time. I have selected Wrist Cutters, A Love Story. Okay. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it before. Well, that sounds good. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for discussing an evening with Beverly Loughlin. Thanks, everybody out there, for listening. We will see you on the next Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. Thank you.